podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. We are back here after England, Australia. It's all going down. I am starting it by saying exactly the same thing I said last time. England are really good. And uh, Rich, you're in fancy dress. What is going on, mate? Aussies. Need all the help they can get. Aussie, got Aussie, Aussie. Got my stubby, got my boonie army on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I suppose yeah, it's Halloween coming up, isn't it? I've got to get a fancy dress going. And exactly. they need all the help they can get. How <laughs> do you scare children away so they don't come to treat it? Yeah, mate. How's it going, mate? mate. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Aussie chat today, mate. Can't wait. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. So we've got quite a bit to go through. We've got the England-Australia game today, which we're going to go through. We're also going to go through that fantastic finish in the South Africa-Sri Lanka game. Going back to yesterday, Pakistan-Afghanistan. But Rich, we're going to start off because we're in catch-up mode. We've not potted for a few days. We're rolling back a few days and we're going back to Australia versus Sri Lanka. Yeah, happier times, mate. Happier times. Um, so Australia secured a seven-wicket win against what we, we keep calling a really improving Sri Lankan side. They made it two in two at that point. Everything's looking rosy for Australia. We'll get on to what's happened today, but for now, it was rosy. Two in two. Um, Sri Lanka set the Aussies 154 for six, but it was nowhere near enough. Uh, the target was reached with a fall of just three wickets, mate, with three overs remaining. Thanks. Big, big part to Davy Warner's moustache and his batting prowess. 65 for 42 uh, for Warner. Um, Sri Lanka will be a bit frustrated, I think. They couldn't add a few more to the total. Kusil Pereira, Asalanka, they both got in. They hit 35 each. They hit 35. Whilst Banuka Rajapaksa finished unbeaten on 33 off 26. The Aussies with the ball. Two wickets each for Stark, Cummins and man of the match, Adam Zampa, with that pretty shocking little mullet he's got going on there. Um, Zampa was the man that snaffled Asalanka. It's not great hair. Definitely not. Um, in the reply, though, mate, Warner, as we said, 65 runs scored. He was the key man, but Aaron Finch, the skipper, helped get them off to a solid start with a 23 for 37. Um, Steve Smith took them home, though, with a steady 28 not out alongside the informed Marcus Stoinis, who got himself a swift 16 not out of six balls. Uh, for Sri Lanka with the ball, Hasaranga, he impressed again, two for 22 off four for the young fella. Decent performance hmm. by the Aussies, mate, I'd say. You know, we've spoken about Sri Lanka in... Quite warm terms, to be fair. We've quite enjoyed mm. the cricket they've played, and they are a rebuilding yes. team. They were the worst out of the real big associate nations. They were the worst over since the last Cricket World Cup, T20 World mm. Cup, back in 2016. So they have seen improvement in this competition. But when crunch came to shove, there's a new term, crunch came to <laughs> shove, they really, really mm. struggled in those middle overs, mate. And you've got mm. to look at Adam Zamper and just and doffing the cap here. 12 dot balls. Two for 12, zero boundaries, 
zero sixes against a Sri Lankan team that historically and in this competition have been very good at playing against spinners, mate. And that was that was really the the thing that changed the tide for me because all of a sudden you change you're chasing one fifty as opposed to chasing one seventy one eighty, which is a really difficult total to go and try and chase. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised with the, the, the usage of Zampa. He seems to be coming on quite late. Again, again, we'll get on to what's happened today. But again, used quite late in the innings. You know, get him in there a bit earlier. A lot of teams are using these spinners in in the power plays, aren't they? Australia yeah. seem quite reluctant, especially with someone like Zampa. He can cause a bit of havoc. Um, obviously, it worked in this game against Sri Lanka. He bowled really economically. Bowled well. Got important wickets. Um, but maybe they can be a bit braver. Um, Australia never quite seem to be absolutely solid in this T20 format, whether it's test side or ODI cricket, T20, they're just not quite there, are they? Uh, there or thereabouts. But this performance in this game, three overs to spare, it's convincing. It's a really good win. And at this point, Australia, you're saying that they're probably prime candidate to either go through uh, to the semi-finals and either top spot if they can do England, if, if. Um, or coming in second place, you know, good good net run rate so far as well with the, with this uh, three overs to spare win. Uh, yeah, I think I think I called it out in one of the pre-game graphics I put out on Twitter. I said the, the weakness for this Australian team at the moment during this competition is playing spin, and here mm. it was equally weak. Forty nine runs off forty eight balls playing spin. They got home, they won the game quite easy, but they mm. really did well off the seamers. But they struggled against the spinners and get bogged down, and the strike rate gets really low. And I called that out as a potential red flag. Going into mm. the going into the England game, mate. Yes, big time. Yes, so so, but we'll get on to that shortly. Um, happy to uh, move on from that one. Move on, move on, move leave on. Australia behind till next time. <laughs> I want to move on though because the next game that came up following that Australia win against Sri Lanka was the West Indies against Bangladesh, and they finally got a win. Um, they'd had a tough first couple of games, West Indies, but uh, yeah, the, they got this win at the expense of Bangladesh. A really, really close run match that saw the Lions lose by just three runs chasing uh, the West Indies total. So, um, Windies, although they, they, they got a win in this one, they didn't get off to the start they wanted. Early wickets of uh, Chris Gale and Evan Lewis, but Roston Chase, he anchored the innings, didn't he, from, from uh, the number four spot. He got himself 39 of 45. Not a rapid T20 innings, but a really, really important innings nonetheless. So uh, down the order, Nicholas Poran gave them a late innings impetus uh, that they they really needed. Uh, and he got himself 40 off just 22 balls, including including four sixes. So West Indies hit 142 for seven, Rob. You, you think that's enough. And, and the way West Indies have been batting, this is a really, really positive turnaround. Um, for Bangladesh, Mahidi Hassan and Sharif al-Islam both took two wickets in their four economical overs, while Mustafa Fazer. Um, not to be confused with Mustafa Kerr, Rahim, uh, took two wickets. Uh, but he did go for 10s in his four overs, so uh, a little bit more expensive. Uh, in the reply, mate, Bangladesh never quite got into top gear, did they? Uh, they steadily chased down the score, but it felt agonisingly short by those three runs. Uh, Litton Das top scored with 44 in 43, whilst skipper Mamadullah, always reliable, did it all he could towards the end, finished unbeaten on 31 off 24, but it just wasn't enough. Big, big win for the Windies, got them up and running. Bangladesh winless so far. Yeah, uh, good for the West Indies, mate. They've been Big pretty time. poor in the initial game they played. And to be honest, it wasn't like this was a complete performance where you completely change the dial around your thought process of what they can go and achieve. I thought mm -hmm. the batting was really lacklustre once again. They, they got fortunate. Roston Chase scored 39 off 46, not setting the world right, yeah. but Pooh ran down the end. Four huge sixes. That is what changed the dial for this West Indies team. Yeah. They were struggling before he came in and hit those three in the final over, mate. There were 123 for six going into the final over. 
So if Bangladesh is chasing 130, 135, mm. they probably win. Yeah. Chasing yeah, 142, it, it changes uh, the, the output of what they've got to do. And it, it just wasn't enough. There was some decent bowling from the West Indies team. I thought Hussain, mm. I think I'm pronouncing it right, Hussain was pretty good again. Jason yeah, Holder, absolutely. strong and sturdy, just consistent no matter what format he plays, was really good, one for 22. And another thing they did really well, no no balls and only four wides all innings. You're not giving too much back to the opposition in terms of free hits mm. or free runs. Yeah, absolutely. Just just mention we, we've mentioned the name Jason Holder there. Obed McCoy, he, he's uh, injured, isn't he? So he's dropped out of the squad. So that's why Jason Holder is in. He wasn't in the initial squad. Um, it's so important, like you drew attention to him at the end of the innings, that Nicholas Peran, not only was he top scorer of 40 off 22, but he made the difference in that last over. He just pushed this game out of reach for Bangladesh. Holder needs a mention with a bat as well. 15 off just five balls for him as well, including two sixes. A destructive end to that innings. And it just got out of control, didn't it, for Bangladesh? And and their chase, it was never quite enough, was it? It was it was a, a runnable. I mean, it went nearly seven and over. They ended up with, but it was just one of those where it's a near runnable chase, and it's just not enough. Somebody had to take more more risks, I'd say. Um, yeah. Only clearing the rope once, and that was Mamadullah towards the end. It just wasn't enough for Bangladesh. They needed to be a little bit braver, perhaps um, take a few more chances, and you know, go down go down swinging, I suppose, isn't it? Rather than just falling a fraction short. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite often how it is. You're trying to stay in the game, aren't you? You tr- you try mm, not to capitulate. Yeah. Like you're four wickets down mm. uh, going into the death overs and you've got 99 on the board. You, you, mm. You're going to lose wickets. You're going to yeah. lose wickets, but mm. too many one, 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 dot, zero, one, one wicket. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it, was, it was just a, a poorly executed run chase. It's, it's probably what you're going to say. But you could also turn around and say, hey, West Indies, a greatly executed performance with the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's great to see them get a win as well. The competition needs West Indies entertaining and getting a few victories, I think, just to keep things interesting. Um, and the group's been shaken up as well, hasn't it? You know, we'll get on to that in a little bit. But it's it's completely open. Um, they've still got a lot of work to do, Windies. Obviously, it's just the one win in the three games for them after the two shockers, really. Yeah, the first two games for them. But it's all up for grabs, I think, in this in this uh, in this first group. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, mate. The the biggie next, or I felt like it was an absolute biggie watching it. Afghanistan yeah. versus Pakistan. What a game of cricket! Absolutely. I mean, Ben Stokes is, you know, star is born, isn't it? Keep an eye on this guy. Asif Ali is the name we're going to be talking about. So Pakistan were the first team to extend the, the unbeaten record in this competition. Three in three wins for them. Um, obviously, they got there first by playing this third game first. But that's by the by. They still got another win. Um, a five wicket win against Afghanistan with just six balls left again. Thanks to brilliant late hitting from that man, Asif Ali. He's uh, Ali even. He struck four sixes in his seven ball, 25 knots out. That's how you end an innings, Rob. Yeah. Um, Afghanistan batting first, he hit 147 for six. But the scorecard, if you look at it, it looks like it's upside down. I'm not saying they reverse the order in this one, but that's what the scorecard suggests. <laughs> um, all the contrib- con- contributors were towards the end of the innings, weren't they? Uh, as the top order properly misfired today. Um, Captain Mohammed Nabi down the order. He joined top scorer with Gulbuddin Naib. Um, Nabi hit his 35 not out of 32, whilst Naib, uh, Naib was 35 not out and 25 ball, so a little bit quicker. Um, for Pakistan, Imad Wazim led the way with two for 25 in his four, whilst the other four balls all put, picked up a wicket each. Um, for the reply, Babrazam top scored 51 of 47 balls, while Fakazaman hit 30 in 25. But it was the late innings heroics, wasn't it, from the up-and-coming star Asif Ali that clinched a big win to make it three in three for Pakistan and top of Group B. Well played, Pakistan. Mm. They 
they deserved the victory to me. They they won it up front. The wickets. So Afghanistan in their previous game, yes, they played against Scotland, but they still were able to go out and score at a monstrous strike rate. Scored 190, highest score of the tournament so far. And they did it against spin and they did it against seam. So And they scored a phenomenal amount of boundaries, 104 runs scored in boundaries in that game. So they went out here with the same approach, to be positive with Shazard and Zazie mm. up top and Gurbaz, who's an excellent player and recently signed for Leicestershire. Um, mm. Absolutely brilliant players, but they lost too many wickets up front. And that, to me, is what caused the problems. You see on the, the graphic here, 49 for four. The strike, strike rate's good. But too many wickets going down. And when you're going into the death overs, you're kind of a little bit behind. Those middle overs, Pakistan mm. really chewed them up. 44 for two off the 54 balls, an 81 strike rate. They just weren't quite good enough. And they got bogged down in dot balls. Mm. Shabad Khan was superb with 15 dot balls thrown into the equation. Hassin Ali with 12. Imad Wazim with 14. And Shane Sharafridi, who no one can work out how to play at the moment. And the best <laughs> way to approach it with 12 dot balls as well. And... Pakistan just played played the better game. They played the seamers really well. We know the strength that Afghanistan have in the spin department. Picked up four wickets, but they still managed to rotate at just over a runner ball. And then they were able to go and attack the seam bowlers and put themselves in a very similar position they did last time, mate, where when it got to the end of the innings, they had the ability to go on and go and score a whole bunch of runs really, really fast, thanks to having guys like Asif Ali coming in. Yeah, and you spoke about it earlier on in this competition, didn't you? Where it's so important to have wickets in hand, you know, then you can take those absolute massive risks, and you can just swing from the hip like Ali did. We spoke about it in the last game of West Indies, like Holder did, like Nicholas Brand did. You've got to be able to give yourself that opportunity to to have wickets in hand to smack at the end, and that's at least, that's exactly what they did. Fine performance, mate. Fine, and just a good game of cricket as well. Mm. Afghanistan aren't far from being an associate nation. It wasn't that long ago they were. (laughs) They don't play like they're an associate nation. They play like they belong. They bowl like they belong. I am so impressed with the bowling attack. It's it's unreal. The spinners are superb, Mm. we know. But Navin Ulhaq has been absolutely superb and done Mm. his stock a whole load of good in this World Cup. Maybe missing a little bit of depth around what the fifth bowler Mm. might potentially look like at the moment. And... Mm. I, I just think they're a really good team and they're going to be really fun to watch next year in the T20 World Cup when they've got another year's worth of experience <laughs> into the mixer. But Pakistan, they're, they're doing what everyone hoped they would do. They've come in, they've, they've beat the three big cheeses of the of the, uh, of the the group so far. Look, a shoo-in to go through. And how can you look beyond an England-Pakistan final at the moment? Well, that, that's it. I mean, they're the form teams, aren't they? And, well, spoiler, I mean, we don't know what England did today, Rob, surely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pakistan top of the group, aren't they? Afghanistan in second position at the moment. Obviously, Namibia, New Zealand and India, they're playing catch-up. They've only played one game each, but Afghanistan have got that one win in the two games. And they've still got that good net run rate, haven't they? It's over three at the moment. That's way higher than anybody else in the group, including Pakistan. Um, so it's all to play for. Afghanistan have got plenty of opportunity to, uh, to make some waves still in this competition. Um, so I think that, yeah, they've got Namibia next, haven't they? Yeah. So they'll be looking to uh, to impose themselves. That's tomorrow. And just jumping ahead a little bit, India against New Zealand as well, which is a must win for both of those teams. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I expect big things from Afghanistan still, but Pakistan are the team to beat. And they're going to make it to the semi-final now. It's as it's, it's simple yeah. as that. Um, yeah. It's just whether or not, you know, on the day in a semi-final, they can, they can uh, progress for it. Progress exactly. Further. I think the thing from Pakistan everyone needs to see is a B 
better score than what they've been getting. They've knocked mm. off 150, but if you're playing against England, and mm. let's say you've got to beat England, or you play against an India where India really turn up, you've got mm. to be able to score probably 170. And I, th- yeah. I think that's the one thing that we need to see out of this Pakistan team now to go, they're the real deal, is go and watch them get 170. But likewise, if you're bowling an attack, that's superb that no one can score 170. Mm. You don't need to go and score 170. So That's it. That's it. Play, play to your strengths. They're... they're, they're, they're they're winning games kind of steadily at the moment, aren't they? They're not blowing teams out of the water, particularly. Yeah. So as long as, as long as they can keep, they keep the look on their side and they can keep going, the sky's the limit at the moment. And we keep saying it. We kept looking at this team before as it's a good team. They're good individuals. We don't know why they're not winning games of cricket. They're winning games of cricket now. It's exciting. It's good to see. India, you've got to play some catch-up. Yeah, sure do, mate. Sure do. Um, let's go into today's action then. Big games yeah. going on. Sri Lanka versus South Africa. <clears throat> Quinton de Kock. Yes, I like the way you always hand that over to me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, we, we have to address that first. Massive elephant just walking behind me in the room if we don't. So, <laughs> South Africa got a big win, out, win last time out, didn't they? It was a really important win for them. But obviously, it was overshadowed by the Quinton de Kock issue. We'll call it an issue. Um, obviously, for those not aware, I'm sure you are, but just to summarise it, he made himself unavailable for personal reasons. We found out it's because he, he took offence to taking a knee, uh, the anti-racist uh, gesture, um, and the, the gesture that is in support of being anti-racist. So anyway, fortunately for Decog and for South Africa, I would say, they found a way to move forward, and he was welcomed back into the side and stayed in the squad, obviously, uh, after team meetings, where it sounds like some honest words were exchanged. I think that's a polite way of saying it, isn't it? Um, Decock, for his part, has accepted where he's gone wrong. Uh, and joined his teammates in taking the knee pre-game in this uh, in this this, this, this game today. Um, it frustrates me a little bit with Decock because he has people, and he, he did that thing where he says, I know I've got friends who are black, I've got family who are black. It's like, well, then you need to take it on yourself if you think that this gesture is wrong, to go and speak to them. Go and speak to Temba Bavuma and Kagisa Rabada in your squad and inform yourself. It's your responsibility. It's not just that I don't want to do something someone's telling me to do, therefore I'm not going to do it. Go and find out why it's being done. Listen to Michael Holding. Yeah. Um, he's got a book out now. I'm sure you can get a book sent to you. Um, you know, nice personal to Quinton. Um, whatever. Just come on, man. It just it, I, I've seen too much support from him for him on uh, Twitter and other things uh, from people from around the world. And I, I I think there's a lot of people that don't quite understand why this gesture is being taken place and it's being done. So um, regardless of that, he was back in the team. Didn't do a hell of a lot today, but he's back in the team, and it's good for him, and it's good for the team. So. Um, let's go. So, on to the cricket. I think we need to get on to the cricket, don't we? That's South cool. Africa, good, good win for them. Two wins in a row now of a four-wicket win that went right down to the line. We've had some absolute nail-biters, haven't we, in the last few yeah. days? Um, Sri Lanka opener, Pathan Nisanka, top scored of a superb 72 off 58. He continues some pretty good form. Uh, but he had very little support throughout this order. Very disappointing uh, throughout the rest of the order, wasn't it? Uh, Dwayne Pretorius, three for 17. Spinner Tabra Shamsi also rec- uh, recorded figures of three for 17. Uh, three overs for Pretorius, four overs for Shamsi. Really impressive for those. Uh, Paceman, Andre, Nokia, Naughty, Naughty, however we want to say his name. I'm naughty. still going with Naughty. And Rich Naughty took a naughty yeah. wicket of uh, Kusal Pereira early on, and he got himself two for 27. Um, so it was a pretty good effort, I think, um, from the South African uh, bowling attack. Um, it was a really weird South African batting lineup, wasn't it? Obviously, they've accommodated uh, De Kock at the top of the order. He was back in there. Bavuma moved down. Markram moved down. A bit of a strange lineup, but it worked. Plenty of contributions all the way throughout, but it was led brilliantly by the skipper, Temba Bavuma. 
more power to him with what he's had to deal with in the last week or so to come out and top score with a run of ball 46 to anchor your team's innings to a win is superb. Um, big late contributions, though. This is where the focus needs to lie. Kagisa Rabada, 13 not out of seven. And David Miller, 23 off 13. 13. It was Miller, obviously, who struck back-to-back sixes in the final over when they needed, I think it was 15 to win in that final over, wasn't it? If memory serves right. But uh, left it to Rabada to hit the winning runs with just one ball to spare. Um, great game against this tough Sri Lankan side. Um, and just to finish things over, we cannot finish this game without talking about Hasaranga. He's a star, isn't he? He's, it's simple as that. We keep talking about him and we keep saying this guy's going to be a star. He's on the way to being that already. He grabbed himself a hat-trick. It was against across two overs there, wasn't it? But he got the scalps of Markram, Bavuma and Pretorius, uh, finishing three for 20 for him off his four. Chimera took the other two, 27 runs off his four. So, fantastic win for South Africa. They've had a lot that they've had to contend with. Um, don't want to blame South Africa as a, as a team. They're, you know, but fair play to for getting this win against a really, really good and ascending Sri Lankan team. Yeah, fine, fine performance, mate. Also, a hi to Larox, who's in the chat room at the moment. I hope you will, mate. Hey. Um, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I, 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 I guess we both kind of fall in the boat where we really fancied this Sri Lankan team, and I think mm. our minds have been slightly distorted by the fact that they won so well and played so well against associate nations, and mm. then when they go and play the big test nations, they haven't quite been able to go and take that next leap. But yeah. what we're seeing is a team that is getting closer and closer. And when they go and play, I think it's in Australia, the next T20 World Cup, I could be wrong. Mm. They're going to be in a lot better position. Nisanka yeah. was class with the bat. He he was mm-hmm. playing like he was playing on a different deck to any of the, the, the main team. And Schreinker have played spin really, really well throughout this mm. competition, mate. Really well. But here... They really, really struggled, and I don't quite <laughs> look. The batting strike rate going into this game was one forty four, was the best in the whole competition. And then you get here, and you just get completely stuck. They don't mm. know how to play the spin, and I think the the credit there has really got to go to the South African bowlers who played mm. a superb game of cricket, particularly with the ball keeping them down. When they were getting into the 16th over, they were 94 for five or 15 overs. They completely stifled those middle overs, stifled mm. the start. And it was only thanks to some good hitting in the last couple of overs, particularly an over off uh, Casigo Rabada, that mm. meant they were getting anything that was kind of putting a challenging total out there for South Africa. I, I think the, the thing that I'm yet to see from South Africa is, yes, we saw... David Miller go nuts in the final over and winning. Mm. But what I've not seen is consistently good strike rates throughout the, the innings. And I think if they're chasing mm. 150, their top order at the moment, how it's performing, isn't good enough to go and chase 150, 155. They're, they've, they've got here through a good last over. They haven't got here through... Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. A quality outing um, from, from the batsman to me. And I feel the, the lacking in the ability to maybe hit boundaries. Miller hit boundaries in the final over. But other than that, mate, 
there was only seven fours hit in the whole innings, of which, you know, one came in the last over and there was four sixes hit in the game. Three came in the final two overs. So (laughs) the the previous 18 overs, you're just not seeing enough production. No, and it's a bit of a strange card, isn't it? We spoke about them them tweaking the batting lineup. I'm not going to go for every position, but it just seems a bit odd. Markham, he's hit the quickest half century in this competition so far, and he finds himself down at five today. Doesn't quite make sense. De Kock, obviously, they had to accommodate him. He came at the top of the order, got 12 off 10. But it's like you said, it's, it's quite... Steady strike rates, isn't it? Van der Dusen up to 150 nearly. And then obviously Miller went wild. Uh, Ribado is an is a underrated batsman at the moment, actually, yes. from what I've seen in the last few games, including the warm-ups. Um, he's looking good. But yeah, who's going to go? Who's going to be that guy that really goes and does a, we'll speak about it in a minute, a Joss Butler innings? Yeah. You know, who's going to go and completely go mental uh, and try and clear the ropes every single ball? Not saying you have to do that in every game or in every situation, but at some point, like you said, South Africa are going to have to put a bigger score up if they're going to go and beat some of the bigger boys uh, they, or put they, pressure on some of those teams. They do. And I think they put a lot on the basket of uh, Quinton de Kock. Mm-hmm. They have because he is a good cricketer. Um, yep. Regardless of anything else, he's a good mm-hmm. cricketer. And, and Van der Dusen is an absolutely superb player. Scored 100 against Pakistan yep. in the warm-up. Stood. He got run out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't he, help. He run... And he was going well, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. going 16 off 11, 145 strike rate. If he'd gone on and made 40 or 50, you've won this game quite comfortably. But mm. it's it's all about moments. Also, Tender Bavuma, 46 off 46. And what mm. has probably been quite a challenging few days, moved himself, da- moved himself down <laughs> the order to allow De Kock to come back in yeah. to open as well, which I think gives a nod. But if you haven't mm. seen Bavuma's press conference that he did around the De Kock situation, you mm. saw someone very, very classy handle it really, really well. So huge respect. Yeah, big time. And, and De Kock was actually quite, well, very um, complimentary of Bavuma as well as a person and as a captain as well, which yes. was great to hear from him. And and so he should be. I, th- I feel like the squad has, has, has welcomed him and let him back in. Um, it really could have been a divisive issue, regardless of the rights and wrongs in, in De Kock's mind. The fact that South Africa have been able to pull together, close ranks and get him back involved with, I'm sure, some, some truths as well that have been thrown around um, to make him understand perspectives. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. We shall see how South Africa take this. I mean, they've got Bangladesh next, haven't they, I think? Yes, Bangladesh, uh, who have not won. So South Africa go and get themselves another win. Um, that could be three wins in four games with just the one one remaining. At the moment, they're sat in second spot. Uh, just a positive net run rate as well in a group of minus run rates. Um, Sri Lanka next, England. And we'll get on to England in a sec. Uh, but run rates, it's getting important. Yeah, and there's a reason it's getting important because Australia's run rate today, Rob, has been completely and utterly decimated. Oh no! Oh, oh <laughs> that's terrible news. <laughs> the green and gold. What happened, boys? What happened? Um, should we get into it? Should we get into the main event? Let's do it. England versus oh. Australia. Ah. What a performance, Rob, from England! Yeah. Um, sensational. Mate. I think that's the word, isn't it? A, a drubbing of Australia, a demolition. What else? Call it what you want. But look, it was a massively convincing win for England who have impressed in all three phases yet again. And that's so important to say. I've not seen one part of their game yet, whether it's the fielding, batting, bowling, seam bowling, spin bowling, batting and batting early on, you know, in the power play. Batting, everything is looking in order. Uh, a well-oiled machine. I've got to give credit to Owen Morgan. I always criticise him. But as a captain, he's not needed as a batsman at the moment. But as a captain, he's doing fantastically well. 
And he's, you know, if a team is playing that well in all three phases, you have to give credit to a captain. Okay, so batting first, Australia. I would say they were a little lucky, a little lucky to post a total of 125 all out. Another one, Rob. How many times have we seen this recently? That all out at the close of the innings, 20 overs to the ball, all out. We must have seen that at least three times in this competition so far. Easy. Uh, Easy. I I don't know if it often happens, but it just seems to be happening a lot at the moment, doesn't it? Um, the Aussies got off to an absolute shocker, didn't they? Warner and Smith were back in the hutch by the start of the third over. Uh, Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis went soon after, but it was skipper Aaron, Aaron Finch. He marshaled the innings. He's playing pretty well in this tournament. He, st- he struck a steady 44 off 49. He never quite got above runner ball, but he did a really, really good job. He was well supported, I thought, as well by Matthew Wade. He got an 18 runner ball. Ashton Agar, again, battle runner ball 20. But then my innings of the day, apart from the England uh, one, certainly England player, was Pat Cummins. Three <laughs> ball cameo. Six, six of Tim Means, Tim Mills, and then he got cleaned up. I thought that was brilliant. It was almost like the night watchman, wasn't it? Getting out a second ball for six. So. Yeah. So, yeah, brilliant from Cummins. But um, every bowler, I thought, every bowling change made by Morgan worked brilliantly, didn't he? It just nothing went wrong. Uh, Rashid, um, notable that he took the Moen Ali role that we'll call that, you know, bowling through the power play, taking the first over and bowling his four straight through at the top. Um, Chris Wokes and Chris Jordan just did what they do. They kept it tight, took heat wickets at crucial <laughs> times and took pretty good catches as well. <laughs> Chris Wokes today. Um, Chris Jordan got the got the star, uh, the star today, didn't he? Three for 17 off his four. Um what a knock from England. What an innings. They smashed the Aussie bowlers to finish it off with 8.2 overs remaining in the game. We'll we'll take it in 12. It's fine. Um, Jason Roy and Josh Butler obviously got them off to a fly. And by the time the power play was on, they were halfway to the total, give or take. Uh, Roy went for 22 off 21 balls, trapped LBW by that mulleted Zampa. Uh, 66-1 at that point. But Joss Butler just kept on hitting. Uh, Milan was caught behind for off Agar, 8 off 8. But Butler kept hitting. <laughs> His 50 was in 25 balls, joined Aidan Markham, who we just spoke about as the joint uh, quickest half century in the competition so far. And he finished with a stunning 71 not out of just 32 balls. Um, he just his his long ball was ridiculous. It was over 100 meter six at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Johnny Bairstow joined in the fun at the end, 16 not out of 11. He got himself a, a decent uh, hit or two, didn't he, as well? England <clears> just <throat> go from strength to strength, Rob. And like I said at the top of this, they've destroyed Aussie's positive net run rate. So it's a serious double bonus for England. And it yeah. also opens the group up to South Africa, to Sri Lanka, to West Indies. So they've really, really shaken things up today with that win. And, and Australia will be reeling. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do now. It's, mate, it's, <laughs> I, I can't sit here and pretend that I'm, I'm not really happy because I'm absolutely bloody buzzing, mate. <laughs> we, 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 we put out a graphic on Twitter that, and it, one of the, the key takeouts was, Bowling overs, 5 to 15, average wickets taken. England had taken four, which was the best in the competition. Australia um, were were about there as well. But you can see here, the the middle overs, England picked up five wickets, Aussies picked up two, but the strike rate of the England batsmen, no matter what (laughs) they are going up against, is absolutely phenomenal. They were going at a 147 strike rate in the middle overs before this contest. They scored at 176. They were going at a 123 strike rate at the uh, at the start of the game, and they went at a 183. So, just an incredible performance. But look at the dots. It's, it's that pressure that builds up from this England team, which is almost next to none. Um, with Pakistan thrown into the mix, the 56 dot balls, 47 percent of the deliveries of bowling were dot balls, which forces 
um, Australia into a position where the West Indies find themselves, where they're trying to have to hit boundaries to get mm. themselves going. And it was just a really, really solid all-round performance. But I think it's the the manner of which they can go and chase 120. Because 120 in this mm. competition, you're probably expected to get there, but it's going to take you 17, 18 overs. 140 yeah. is a 50-50 sort of contest, and it's really difficult mm. to work out who is going to win. England aren't making it look like a difficult situation. They're playing like the playing at Trent Bridge or the playing at Lords, where <laughs> they can score 180-200, and you need to score 180-200 to have a meaningful contest. And I, I'm just... I'm not used to it. Even though England are <laughs> one of the international World Cup winners, I still mm. am that kid from the 90s where this England team can't get the ball off the square. We've got Nasser Hussain batting at three, going, I've got, I'm number three. And <laughs> we're just, we're a better oh, team mate. now. This is it's phenomenal, mate. It's so well drilled. Like I just spoke with the other there, there's nothing that's going wrong in this team and it terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, we just got a little comment there, haven't we? Shelton Film Productions there. Um, England looking good now, which means they are probably set to disappoint us in the Ashes. That is our mentality. We've been bred into us from such a young age, doesn't it? (laughs) But this team is different. It's made different. Obviously, World Cup wins in the 50 overs uh, a couple of years ago. This team knows how to win games of cricket. They're destructive. The bowling is is sensational at the moment. Chris Jordan, I'm pretty sure I said it last time, Matt. Chris Jordan is one of the most underrated English cricketers. It's three for 17 off his four overs today. Chris Wokes was stunning. Um, yes, he, he, they got hold of him a little bit, didn't they, later on? You know, I think in his second over that, uh, that destroyed his figures. But he still only went for 23. And that was including two sixes against him. Uh, Rashid was steady. Moen Ali was not needed today. Timmel Mills was a little bit expensive. But again, he picks up wickets, doesn't he? Um, he makes things happen. The, the bowling is fantastic. Livingston in there, but going for 15. 15, Rob, or four overs. That's <laughs> your part-time spinner. How doing that? <laughs> That's your part-time spinner. It, it's brilliant. And with the bat, Joss Butler, there is nobody in world cricket in, at the moment who can play like he does when he gets on a roll like he did today. Yeah. 32 ball, 71. Five fours, five sixes, a 221.87 strike rate. Just stunning. But, do you know, I'm going to try to find a concern for this team. The likes of Morgan, Liam Livingston, Moen Ali have not been asked to do anything properly yet. With the, you know, maybe that could be something. If, if we do lose some early wickets, who's going to step up? We know the players that have not had much cricket in the last week or so. Are they going to be ready to go and to go and put a score on? I'm just trying to find something to just try and bring us down to earth again. Um, but there's there's nothing going wrong at the moment with this team. Um, and just yeah, sky's the limit. I, I don't see how they fall off that top spot. Yes, South Africa and Australia are only one game back uh, in second and third spot. But the way England are playing, Sri Lanka up next. Um, yeah, it, it's theirs to lose, isn't it? And I just can't see them dropping a game at the moment. It's it's crazy, mate. So they've got 51% dot ball percentage with the ball in this competition, which mm. is by far the highest by a 5% from, from the next team, mm. which in fact was the Netherlands with the ball, who aren't no longer here. But when you look at the batting strike rate against the bowlers, this is the thing that gets me. England are in first. Batters are scoring at less than mm. a runner ball against England in this competition. 93.25 strike rate, which is ridiculous, saying that the next best team is 112, which is Namibia. That is so far. Like, everyone's falling in the in the 112 to kind of 125 mm. range. England are just 
on an absolute other level. But it gets better when you look at the spin. And I hate myself for turning around saying at the start of the tournament, I'm a, a bit worried about England's second spinner because Moeen Ali's mm. been brilliant. Adil Rashid's mm. been brilliant as the lead spinner. Liam Livingston is, is anything he touches turns to gold. England, with the spin strike rate, teams are scoring mm. at 82.88 against them at a batting average of 10. That's ridiculous. And the it's bowling crazy. average, a bowling average of 11.67 for the seamers, mate. And the and the scoring at a 97 strike rate. It's not a case of, oh, the spinners are closing it down in the middle overs, mate. Don't know why anyone <laughs> from England would ever speak like that. But it's, <laughs> it's a case that they're going out there and they're performing in every single facet. I did get annoyed yeah. from one thing. And mm-hmm. it was when I was watching it. And it's showed. It, no, I really like it. I, I love a good <laughs> proper Aussie Kiwi sort of haircut. Um, God, sorry. It was when I was looking at the batting lineup, and it was showing the graphic, and it was saying that Owen Morgan was coming in at four, and I was like, "Don't, don't, no, don't, no. don't be that guy that's that's coming in at four, mate. Like we don't need you to come in at four. This team's looking really, really solid." But best out. I love Johnny Bairstow. He just comes in. You know, clean-shaven Johnny Bairstow is a really good-looking version of Johnny Bairstow as well. He's less rugged. Mm. And um, he, I thought he was brilliant. Came in. Mm. Even though we're so on top, I don't know about you, I was looking at it going, mm. I'm not sure whether they're going to close this out or we're going to lose three or four wickets like quick and then Bairstow just goes six, six. It's like, yeah, this, this, this game's done, uh, been and gone now, boys. Yeah, exactly. No, it, I, I never felt in uh, in any doubt whatsoever. Um, I did see someone on Twitter at the, at the halfway, and I'm not sure if it, it probably was tongue in cheek, but he was like 125. That should be enough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was a joke, but uh, but yeah, absolutely. You put the word there. They romped past Australia by an eight eight wicket win. It's something else. That was absolutely sensational. Like we said, England, the the straight back at it, at, at it, Rob. We've got, like I said, Afghanistan, Namibia tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing Namibia again. India, New Zealand later on tomorrow, and then we've got India, Sri Lanka as a solo game on Monday over in Sharjah. So England are straight back at it. Let's see. Let's see. You expect them to win, don't you? Simple as that. So I'm looking forward to it. We sure do, mate. We've had a question come through. Can the West Indies still qualify? And that is a fair question. So West Indies, I'm looking at the fixtures now. I've got games against Australia. Yep. And where's the other one? Where's the other one? Sri Lanka. Yes. So... So they can get up to six points. I think the answer is yes. Yes, they can. But they can't afford another loss. And they desperately need a half-decent win to, to get the net run rate up as well. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, they've, they've, got, to, they've got to take the Sri Lanka win, haven't they? Um, you did say they're playing Sri Lanka, didn't you? Yeah, Sri Lanka and yeah. Australia to play. Yeah, so they've, they've got to do the business against Sri Lanka. And then I think they finish out of Australia. And if they beat Australia, I would imagine they're in with a shout. But, it, they, but you're asking South Africa to drop games. South Africa still got to play England, so you've got to expect that South Africa are probably going to lose that one, we hope. Um, and then it all depends on who the other game is for South Africa, which is Bangladesh. So Bangladesh could finish on six points, as could West Indies. So then it's going to come down to run rate, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if West Indies win both games and they win convincingly, I think they've got an outside chance. Mathematically, maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I, I think my money's on South Africa or Australia. I really like yeah. Sri Lanka. West Indies, before this started, I think I probably said that they go through with England. Um, Bangladesh are, are done and dusted, uh, even though they are looking a, a brighter team than I expected. But I think it's between South Africa and Australia, isn't it? Not just because they're currently in second and third place, but I think that's one of the two teams that's going to go through. And if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say Australia. Yes, they've had their um, 
<laughs> have their pants down today by England, <laughs> I had to say it. Um, but I think against other teams, they've looked pretty good. Uh, and I think they'll continue to look pretty good. Um, but it just, then when, when will England see them again? In the final? Or am I getting too far ahead? I, I, you, you know what? The, the, the pessimistic England fan in me goes, we lose our next two games. We lose to Sri Lanka. And I'm trying to see who else we've got to play left in the group. And we lose to South Africa. We finish second and we get knocked out mm. by Pakistan in the semi-finals. Get on. <laughs> I'm not thinking about that today. I'm not thinking about that today. Anyway, I'm ready. I've got my Halloween costume ready. I just have to look miserable. I mean, I'm a perfect <laughs> Australian cricket fan. <laughs> who likes, likes to give grief to everybody but doesn't like it back that's me what I'd really appreciate is the attention <laughs> to detail. if you could just put a bit of zinc on your lips and your nose for oh, a cold yeah. winter's night in England <laughs> that would be yeah. um, that would be absolute class but I, th- yeah. I think that'll oh, do it for today got... guys we will sorry I, I just I forgot my sandpaper my outfit's not complete I should have got some sandpaper. That would have been amazing. Just whipping it out now. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So we're going to be back in a couple of days. So Afghanistan, Namibia, India, New Zealand, and then the following day, England versus Sri Lanka. So we'll be back after that game. We'll have three games to cover off in that. This podcast is available on any podcast platform. If you can subscribe to us there, it's much appreciated. If you're listening on a podcast platform, Find us on YouTube, drop us a subscribe and watch it as we uh, live stream out these things. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. It's a great day to be an English cricket fan. It's a great day to be an Australian fancy dresser for Halloween. And we will catch you guys next time.